TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Come on, side, 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 Joining me right now, y'all, my man R.L. is in the building. What's up, sir? What's up, big bro? How you doing, man? Man, it's a pleasure, man. I'm, I've known this dude for a long time, bro. It's been a while, man. How's your family? How's everything? It's great, man. I'm just happy to be on here with you, man. You know you're a legend, big bro. I look up to you, so when I got the call, I was like, let's go. Bro, one legend talking to another legend right now, man. You've done, you've done a lot of legendary things from a kid that came out of Minneapolis, man. Appreciate it, man. I'm just trying to keep the legacy going. Yo, tell me, tell me about your, your your early beginnings, bro. How this whole thing started. My my, my group member is the Real Biological Brothers, um, and Tilo's Godfather, a pretty big legend from named James Greer. So we we used to go to his house and rehearse and practice. And I I remember Tilo being over there, and he had this earring that said Tilo. He was in the streets. He was a hustler, but he could sing. So maybe about a year later, I asked about him. Found out he had been asking about me too. Came to one of my local shows, which happened to be on his side of town, and he brought his little brother. And I, I was in a three-number group. We went back to a studio I worked out of, and um, we all just started vibing. It. Right then and there, we knew that one of my members was out of it. So he was gone, and there was four of us, and we were called straightforward at first. But then we were doing an opening for Brandy, a uh, local group. You know, we were at the Target Center, the Timberwolves play, and her band walked in. And they were like, yeah, we'll see you at, at the show. No sound check. So I was hot like that. We can't wow. even do a sound check. So I was like, you know what? We're going to be the next big thing. And we're going to be able to say no one ever expected this. So that's what the acronym is for next. That's what it stands for. Oh, I thought that meant like y'all was next up as far as groups are concerned. But no one ever expected <laughs> this is dope. Yep. Like, I never knew that, bro. I never knew that. That's yep. incredible. How'd y'all, how did y'all meet KG? Well... It's funny because on Friday we had a show um, at Glam Slam, Princess Club, with Aaliyah. We were opening up for Aaliyah, but we found out Saturday Naughty was going to be at First Ave where they take Purple Rain. You know, it's the six degrees of separation with Prince, which is crazy because my mother grew up with him. Wow. So they were running late, but I found out it's because they had met Kay at the Mall of America and gave him our demo, who went to produced by Lance and Prof T from the group Low Key because we used to sneak out to Jimmy and Terry's studio to record. Wow. So it was, a, it was a big craziness. So what's funny is we do the show Friday, Saturday, we're at uh, First Avenue and Naughty's performing, but we don't get to meet him. But the new power generation DJ, Brother Jules, who's a legend, 
uh, was on the tour bus with K and K was asking him about the hot groups in the city. He said he was restarting this label, you know, after Jeanne and everything. And the dude seen, well, Brother Jewel seen our tape on the table and said, this is all you need to know. K literally picked up the tape and put it in his pocket and the rest is history. He heard it and some of those demos made it on the first album. Really? Like what's like what songs? Phone sex. How's about a little phone sex? That was that was one of our demos. Wow. And so it was crazy, man. It was it was amazing. So did did K did y'all work out of Minneapolis once y'all got with K or did K bring y'all to Jersey? Well we started um, with in Minneapolis with our original producers, which was Lance and Prof T. So they did like uh, a lot of butter love and some of the uh, like cozy some of those records but then we got with Kate and we literally recorded in a studio called Perfect Pair which was in the hood in East Orange and we stayed at the Robert Tree Hotel downtown Newark <laughs> and we just grinded we was out there in heaven buying all these fake clothes on the street thinking it was real right. and, uh, and loved it but that was our first experience just you know out there with Kay in Jersey after we had left Minnesota and we slept First, we, we first visited Robert Tree, but then we ran out of our budget and we started sleeping on the floor at the back house on air mattresses with Jaheim. So wow. we were just struggling, grinding, yeah. So everybody grinding at the same time. Yeah. So Johnny was already signed before y'all came over there? You know, Johnny had been out and had, you know, great success um, years before we came over there. But then by the time we came, we had done a Christmas record called uh, Keep It Real on Christmas, which is funny because in retrospect, and it just hit me, honestly, first time ever, that we sampled Curtis Blow Christmas rap for the, for Too Close. So wow. we came in the door on a Christmas record, an obscure Christmas record that they play every year that Gordon Chambers wrote. So we okay. were in a studio in, in New York. We're just some, some nervous kids, to be honest. And we didn't have any parts on the song because Kay already had his roster. We were the new group. And Gordon Chambers says, you, you know, I'm gonna let you go in there and just, you know, do a couple of riffs. So I went in the studio and literally started singing and he was like you know what take my part sing the end and we literally just bum rushed the record and from there k seen the level of talent compared to you know the other groups they were great but we were just maybe a little hungrier right because uh, we weren't spoiled being from the east coast we were straight from minnesota we like whatever we got to do so next thing you know we get all these major parts on the record and k was like okay y'all to focus let's go right so was that your first time ever up north being from the midwest the first time wasn't necessarily when we recorded. The first time is he flew us out. And it's funny because you were at the first annual Boogie Land. Yeah. And that's when he had the party. That's our first time being out there. It was a second Get day out ever. of here, bro. We, we were there and shook because we're seeing all these major stars and people we grew up on. And that's the first time I met you. And it, but it was in passing because we were just these new guys that knew nothing. That was our second day ever on the East Coast. The first Wow, that's Land. amazing. Yeah, K, K used to have the classic annual barbecue <laughs> at Boogie Land, bro. That's right. Those joints were fly, man. And you hey. know what's funny about you going to Boogie Land and, and he was having those joints like that. And there's a lot of people that was like, yo, I can't believe this dude is living like this off of Naughty by Nature. That used to be the new style. You know what I mean? They know K their whole life. And didn't know that he's been behind the scenes. He's one of the, you know what it's funny? Because I hear some groups and some artists talk about horror stories from labels and production companies. He was so artist friendly and he empowered me. I came in the door, 17, 18 year old kid. I was able to write the first single. And he was like, yo, yo what are we doing? He would have me come down and we just sit in the studio and he'd be like, okay, what, do you, what you got for this? 
and he empowered me and let me do my thing. And that's why I'm able to feed my family today because it's somebody that, that is great as him giving me a chance, but also not taking advantage of his artists. So right. I have such a great deal of respect for KG. He's one of the greatest human beings I know. And one of the greatest producers. And why don't you think his name is ever mentioned? Like everybody keeps talking about these verses, right? And we all watching the verses and they be talking producers, but nobody mentions KG. KG got hit records for days, yeah, it's, it, You know what? I'm not quite on his level, but I feel like it's the same reason they don't necessarily mention me as a writer. Right. Being in a, being in a group, we sacrifice the individual accolades to let the focus stay on the group. You know what I'm saying? So because of that, there were so many things that we could have talked about that we were doing that we didn't. Now you got the internet, so people are gonna see it. It's just flexing is natural. You're supposed to brag on yourself. Look what right. I got, look at my car, look what I'm doing. Back then it was like you worked in silence. So it was a detriment in certain aspects, but at the same time, people are discovering a lot of things that I did back then and having a newfound respect for my work. So I kind of look at it like it's like a, a Easter egg hunt. They're finding new things to talk right. about. So brother, I'm cool with brother, it. for the audience that's listening to this podcast and the people I may watch this podcast, can you please just run down a little bit of your discography of records you wrote that most people probably don't know that you did it? Um, I, I did Just In Case, uh, Anything and Remarkable for Jaheim, Whatever for Ideal, Bring Your Heart to Mind for Luther, um, You Are the One for Usher, man, um, dang, uh, I did like six on Genuine, like five or six on Keep Sweat, Mindless Behavior, uh, Lloyd, which I wrote one of my favorite records for him, I Could Change Your Life, Jay Holiday, um, yeah, I mean, there's more, but I just, I just like making music. Oh, we when, did. When, um, you, when you're writing for Luther, do you know that you're writing for Luther, or do you write it and then somebody gives it to Luther years and say, "I love this song"? Well, I I wrote it for him, but Clive was the the glue. Clive, Mr. Clive Davis. It's funny because um, I was nervous, and you know, getting to work with a legend like that, I thought, okay, he's gonna change a bunch of stuff. And literally, I think he changed like one word. But besides that, it was, I look back and think of the rooms that I was in and the people that I was able to be around. So you're in the and studio it, with Luther while he's recording a song yeah. you wrote? Oh, Uh-huh, which is, is super crazy, which is, is, is great. But um, I never was in the moment back then. I was always on to the next. What else can I accomplish? So I never got to really enjoy, you know, those moments, but now I look back and, and I'm, I, I'm discussing with greats like you and I realize, man, I really did live a great life. I did some great things. And my story's still being written, but it's like, man, okay, I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the reason why I haven't written a book yet. Because I feel, <laughs> like, my, I feel like if I write a book, it's saying that's the end of your journey. And my journey, right, right. My journey is still continuing. I'm still learning new things and doing new things and, and being you know, absolutely astonished by people that I never knew that had any idea that I was alive. You know, you know, one of my right. greatest moments on radio was interviewing Barack Obama when he was running for president and, and asking him, hey, if you have the, if you win, when you win, if you have the inauguration, who are you going to have? And he's running down people. And he goes, I got to have Stevie Wonder because, you know, I'm old school, but I'm not as old as you are, Ed. And to have, <laughs> you know, to have that dude, like, already know who I am, Right. It was just like astonishing to me. And like you said, our career paths have taken us places, man, that we would never ever imagined our career would have taken us. 
I mean, truthfully though, the, the big difference between you and I is you're, you're the ambassador of music. If they had, if the president was like, music was a country, you know what I'm saying? You'd be the ambassador. Like, <laughs> to be honest, you're an influence for me and you're a different kind of art, different kind of artist, but you've introduced me to a bunch of artists that have been a major influence on me. You know, Young TV Raps is something that I watch religiously. I can remember wow. um, emulating moves and I'm not even gassy. You know, me and you've had discussions and you know how I feel about you and how much I respect you. But I can honestly say that when I get off and probably before I got on, I told the homies like, man, I'm about to do this interview. Guess who? You won't believe it. And that'll never change because right. sitting here talking to you right now, I feel like that 11 year old that was watching that little ass TV dancing in front of it, dreaming that one day you'd be talking to me. Guess what? You are. This literally was one of my dreams. And, and, yeah, and one right day he's going to interview now, me. I appreciate you, man, because your songwriting sure. ability has absolutely changed music. It's changed people's okay. perception on music. Do you still feel that same what, passion for the R with the R&B that's out now than you do than you did in the 90s when there were so many different wonderful singers and so many different wonderful groups? Yeah, because, um, and I was talking to some new artists and, and people were like, well, why do you want to make it? And they, were, and they were like, you know, I want to buy my mama this or I want to do it. I'm like, no, that's not why you want to make it. You want to make it because you sit in the studio and you play your music and you feel like if the one person here this that can push a button, I know everybody going to love this. And I feel like that. I still have that feeling when I play back something that I work really hard on, I can go, just the right person hears this and it's a whole new blessing. And I think that's what keeps artists going. Well, anybody going, you're looking for that next big opportunity to showcase your evolution. That's right. all it is. You feel me? Like right now we're here, you could be on E or, or Entertainment Tonight or something. And, and it's all about evolution. It's like, but look where it was. And then it evolved into this. And that's all I think that as an artist you want to do, you, you want to say, look, I still got it. I want to show you, I still can go. I want to show you that skills ain't diminished. If anything, it's, it's gotten better. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that that's, as an artist, is what uh, pushes me to continue to create. Also, to be able to work with new artists. Like we did the, the um, Lil Duval, uh, Ty Dolla Sign record we wrote and produced that. Now I'm getting into production. It was right. pull up. Now we got the Jeezy next single with Demi right. Lovato and Ty, I mean, and um, Lil Duval, which I want to thank Duval for letting uh, Jeezy had a record, but that's me and my, my production partner doing that. So right. being able to evolve and say, okay, you know what? Now I'm in front of the drum machine a little bit or on some keys messing around. And it reminds me of standing behind KG watching him going, one day I want to learn how to do that. Right. And it's just evolution. Yeah, it's absolutely. If you did a little reality TV, bro, why'd you buy out of it? Um, it's funny because uh, my wife, well, they've been asking us for, for quite some time. And my neighbor was Mr. Peter Thomas and Cynthia, uh, like really literally next door. Right. And I went in business with him on uh, bar one. My okay. wife actually came up with the logo. So okay. I really didn't want to invest in it. But she was like, come on, let's do it. You know, I got the business side because I want to be more creative. We mm. got involved with it. It got pretty messy. Mm. Um, I try to give grace. I don't want to talk bad about anybody. I just, when I do business with Peter again, no, I, I, I wish him well. I just wish right. me better. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it didn't work out. And then they wanted that to kind of be a storyline on the show. Um, and I didn't want that negativity. But then uh, they came to my wife. You know, they had been coming to us for years talking about different opportunities. 
And I finally was like, well, look, if this is what you really want to do, because at first, you know, being private, being an artist, you're like, man, this ain't, this ain't my right. thing. But I was like, if this is what you want to do, I'm going to support you because you've supported me so long. Mm -hmm. um, she was pregnant and we were planning a wedding. And the two biggest things uh, on reality TV are weddings and babies. Right. So they had made her a promise about a peach because we wasn't going to get involved as no B-cast, which nothing against that. But if we're going to do it, it got to be on a certain level. Well, they, they kept coming back and forth and dragging their feet. And finally, she came to me and was like, listen, they don't want to give me that bag. And my wife's an executive. So she like, if, if you want me to risk this corporate bag, then um, you got to give me a bag. Right. And it really wasn't, it wasn't the business she wanted. So it was her decision. I, I was really doing it as a supportive role. They come at you and say stuff like, oh, you know, your audience, this is going to, and it really doesn't. As far as musically, that's not necessarily my audience per se, where they come in and watch the show so they can buy some new music. They come in to watch the show to see some drama, to see some cat fights, which is cool. You know, I love a lot of the ladies, Candy's sis, Cynthia, you know, I love Cynthia. All the ladies are cool, but I didn't want to be a part of that, that, that cattiness, bro. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, my wife and I, we did a couple of episodes of, of Ricky Smiley for real. And we were supposed to do a spinoff. And then the new producer came in, a guy just had ran into that was editing it who was telling me how much they loved it. And the new dude came in and that's the reason why Ricky stopped doing it because he wanted to add all of this cat fighting and drama. And right. sometimes man, that can rip your family apart. Like for real. For real, unless you, you have to be really strong and be able to have a conversation like, right. oh, we about to do this scene. Cause they'll, you'll reenact something that really happened. And right. what really can happen subconsciously is some of those emotions come back up and that bitterness still stays there. And you have to ask yourself, what's more important? For us, I didn't mind, you know, doing it and sacrificing it for her because I had my moment. Right. You know I mean, if I had to stay home, you know, forever now and just chill, I've been blessed. I've lived a lot. But I had to understand and realize there's something she wants to do, things she wants to try. And if that's what she wanted, that's what I got to be about. Right, absolutely. Got to be. You got to be absolutely supportive. And and, and as a dad, it, it has an effect on your children too. Son, well, he just turned twenty-five. You know, there, there are discussions with him. Luckily, uh, it was. It probably wouldn't have been something that he probably would have tuned into. Right. And, and the people he's around, they wouldn't have been. You know, because he in the suburbs now. You know what I mean? So it have been <laughs> where people is coming to him like, did you see your daddy, your stepmom? It wouldn't have been that, but. Right. Those are things you have to think about. Luckily, you know, early on, you got to remember, we had media training. You know what I mean? So we know how to spend something oh, yeah, ahead of time and play it where we look like the good guy, even if we not. So there were a few scenes that they really did try to, you know, they try to bring up some old drama I had like years ago and I was able to spin it because I'm quick on my feet. I, yeah, I was dodging it. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was holding like Roy Jones. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, bro. Hey, how how I know for me as as a person that has gotten my feet pretty wet up to my knees actually in stand up comedy. This pandemic has hurt a lot of my money from going on the road. Did it affect you guys? What next? I know I've seen you guys do some shows together, but what, do you guys go on the road before the pandemic regularly? Oh uh, man, we were everywhere international. We had to postpone London. Um, Africa again and Australia, but luckily for me, um, I can only speak for me. Um, my discography has enabled me to live at the level I live at, you know, from publishing and things like that. I never was one to try to live beyond my means. Right. Um, 
So that that's been good. And there are corporate opportunities, jingles, different things. So, you know, of course, we want all the bags. And <laughs> has it stopped me from maybe getting an extra pair of shoes here and there? Probably, you know, but also, you know, having a tutor for my daughter instead of her in class and things like that, having to turn one of our extra bedrooms into a classroom for her, you know, those are the sacrifices. But truthfully, I honestly feel like we're a resilient people. So for us, we find a way. Right. You know, oh, oh, we, oh, there's nothing left. We're going to make something. That's so right. I've, I've, I've tried to find ways to re recreate myself, but better. That's why I didn't start producing until the pandemic. Like I would come in and, you know, I get produ production credit because I had ideas, but now I'm sitting in front of the machines and, and I was like, I want to come out of this pandemic better and more talented than I was before. Right. Absolutely. I need you to teach me how to navigate Clubhouse the way you navigate it, bro. Because it seems like I'm so opinionated. Every time I get on Clubhouse, I get in trouble for something. Uh, you, know you know what it is? What I've had to learn is, and I don't want to sound like the old dude in the club with the linen suit on and the, and the, but listen, what it is is people are extra sensitive to what you say, but obliv oblivious to the disrespect that they bring right so it's always about is i got it you ever had your, your your wife ever do something to you or your lady ever do something to you and she's wrong but then the way you react makes you wrong so it's not about what they did now it's about how you reacted so now yeah. you apologize and even though you wouldn't have reacted if this never happened right that's the same thing that happens on social media. So what I've learned is grace. I've been in a lot of those rooms and a lot of cats say a bunch of things. I, I've seen them kick executives down to the audience and then have to bring them back up and apologize because they didn't realize that that was the button pusher that you was talking crazy to. Right. You know, our mothers, our mothers and fathers always taught us, you never know who you're talking to or you never know who's watching. Absolutely. And I think for some people in this generation, uh, there's a level of disrespect that they have. Um, and they look at us as old folks. And I, and I hear this word, and I want to say this because it's funny. I never heard relevance when we talked about the OJs or New Edition or any of these greats. But now when you talk about artists like myself from the generation after me and after that, they talk about how you're not relevant. And I don't, I, that's, that's, that's the one thing that gets me. But I, I navigate Clubhouse with grace and understanding that I treat them like I'm talking to my daughter sometimes. Okay. Like you don't know what you're saying, baby. It's okay. Right. And, and it's not even a, it's not even a negative on them, but it makes it so that the truth is when we log off, they're not gonna talk about what they said. They're gonna talk about what the what legendary said. mother said. Absolutely. Right. So I have to, and I think of it just like that. I imagine that right. I'm on the air. That's that's it. You know right. what I mean? But sometimes I, I done got caught out there, and I'm sure there are times that I've said things that I shouldn't have said. But I feel I, I hate feeling guilty. Don't you have, don't you hate for reacting sometimes? Even though you write, even though you write, you hate the way you reacted, and then you feeling bad about it, and you ain't even thinking about what the person did to you. You mad at yourself, like man, why did I even let that get to me? Right. I, I don't want to be there no more. So I've been really working on this whole grace thing and yeah. trying to understand everybody wasn't raised right. And, yeah. I'm and you sorry. know, I also, <laughs> I also realized when 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 we dealing with Clubhouse, and I sit back and listen a lot that. There are a lot of people on that app that have been through a lot of trauma in their life that they have not dealt with. So they want to take right. that trauma and project that trauma onto you. Because I listened to a lot of them talk about their childhood, and I was like, damn, 
wow, like I'm so blessed to be have been raised the way that I was raised. Right. I didn't go through all of that. So you don't know how to love or respect anybody because you weren't taught how to love and respect somebody else. And I'll give you something. That relevance give, word bothers me too because relevant to who? How, right. how can somebody that hasn't done what we do tell us that we're not relevant? I'm quite sure right. every day you walk out that house, somebody comes up to you. If it's not even, it doesn't matter how many people. I guarantee you, one person walks out, the, walks up to you, go, "Oh my God, RL from Next. I love this song. I love that song. I love <laughs> did that song with Deborah Cox. I got married to this. I got married to that. There's not a day that goes by in my life that I step out that house that somebody doesn't go, "Oh my God, Ed Lover." It happens yeah, every single. So how am I but, not re relevant? Because it's never happened to you. Yeah, but the issue is this, and the people will say this. They'll be like, "You always comment on the negative. You never comment on the positive." And I'll say, I'll give you an analogy. Say you had an all white outfit on right now, and you had a little tiny ink spot that came from a pen. What would you be focused on? The ink spot. Little, exactly. It ruins so, the whole outfit. Exactly. So all this love and this this powerful app with all these opportunities where it could be so so impactful. And then there's that one person being difficult. That's that ink spot. Right. It's hard not to focus on that. But we honestly, man, no one's going to ever be able to take away your contributions to culture, to society. So with some person that, that, that probably don't have the proper home training or trying to pick out a single, a singular part of a whole statement you made so they can decipher that. Lastly, I'll say it like this. How many people you know that you grew up with and moved to another neighborhood? You knew they were soft in your neighborhood, but they moved to another neighborhood and was able to act like they was beating up everybody in their old neighborhood. And now <laughs> people can go online and recreate themselves and become something more. And now you're a moderator. You got a room and you're talking to all these things like you've accomplished a lot. And some have. And even if you haven't, you got my respect. But there right. are some people that, that look at these platforms as their kingdom. So it's almost like a virtual reality for them. So I let them have that. Because as right. soon as I log off, I live my great blessed life. Me too. And I don't worry about it. And I, That's right. and I don't regret people. I know the last time I went off was in the room with Kevin Hart. And the young lady told us all of us was dick riders. I do not regret. I didn't call out her name at all. But I just let her know that you will not be calling me a dick right. rider. I felt like I worked too hard. And I forged my own path in the entertainment business. And if I don't have Kevin Hart money, it doesn't matter. But I've known Kev before Kev was big Kev. When he was little, everything's, Kev was everything's, about, everything's about perspective. Absolutely. And you're not going to call are, me a dick rider. If we was in the street, I wouldn't let you call me a dick rider. You're right. Yeah, but, they, but the truth is, if you were in the street, they wouldn't. So to exactly. be able to understand that, that no, this gonna, is a virtual world. Absolutely. And I'm going to use your terminology. The next time something like that happens, I'm going to go, there goes the ink spot. This is a perfect canvas. There's the ink spot. And I'm just going to let it exactly. go with that. Thank you, ink it's spot. That simple. Thank you, ink spot. <laughs> I'm wearing all white, and you're trying to ruin this all white. Thank you. Thank right. you, ink spot. I appreciate the ink spot. I am definitely using that terminology, bro. Thank you, ink spot. Perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what you absolutely right. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, we have to get away from being able to gravitate towards the negativity so much. Like, we love everybody, but we want to make it our business to tear a person down. And I don't understand that. We want to- I mean, we it's, it's, it's no grace. Right. It's and no then grace. when you try to engage, right? 
URL, you're a multi-platinum artist, man. Most people don't know what it's like to get a publishing check the way your publishing checks come in from everything that you've written. Instead of sitting back and listening and go, wow, I can learn something from RL, man. This dude's been there. He's made mistakes. He could teach me how to not step in the same dog shit he stepped in. And he writes amazing music and is continuing to write amazing music. They want to tear you down because, okay, you didn't write for Drake. Like, but if the dude that wrote for Drake is in there, you tear him down too. Right. I mean, but the truth is, I think that what I, what I try not to do now is put somebody else down to make me feel better. And I think that people do that. And so, again, it's about perspective. You have to look and you have to go, you know what? They either they wasn't raised right, they're going through something, or they're just a negative person. And, and that's mean they're going to be miserable. You know what I'm saying? So right. you let them have that. Because, again, when you log off, how's your life? Look at look at what you've done, what you're doing. And, and, it's, and it's not to say that, again, my favorite saying is, I wish you well, I just wish me better. Right. I want you to have it all, almost, because I want it all. Right. You can have that 2021 Benz, just give me that 2025 spaceship. Right. I wish you well, I just wish me better. So as long as I have that energy, yo, man, do your thing, man. Congratulations. This, should, this is your page. You're the moderator. You talk like that. Well, let me, what is it? Leave quietly. That's leave the button. Quietly. I leave, quietly. leave quietly. Right. You can always leave them ink spots right where they sit. <laughs> and you can always go back about your business and continue writing music and, and producing music, man, and, and giving us music that will last forever. Like, Appreciate your music it, will last a lifetime. You know, Thanks, I've been man. since I was 13, 14 years old. There is not a record that I, there's not a record that was written by you, whether it's for Jaheim or whether it's for uh, Ideal or whether it's for your own group or whether it's from somebody else. There's not a record by you that I can play that puts butts in seats. It gets people up and it makes Appreciate me it, man. feel good, bro. And you man, are, thank you, man. As a writer, bro, you are one of the best that has ever done it. And you man. just put all your flowers, bro. You really do. Man. Because man. I, at one point, was like, R.L. wrote that. R.L. wrote that. I was like, yo, R.L. a bad boy, yo. I was like, man, thank you, man. Yo, bro, your pen game is mean. And I'm glad you're still doing it. I'm glad you and your thank you, bro. production partner is still doing it, man. Because in my opinion, I love a lot of the new music that's out there now. But in my opinion this is my opinion nobody has to agree we right. come from the best era music has ever uh, yeah been. yeah ever. yeah i agree i agree ever I agree absolutely Th thank you brother god bless you my man hey man love you big bro and i'll talk to you soon thank you i love you too my man rl from next right here y'all know rl man come on that brother's that brother's amazing man i love you bro love you too man talk to you soon peace So that was my interview with the one and only RL, man. And, and I mean everything that I say. RL's pin game, man. Look up this man's disc discography and see all the stuff that he did. He, he's amazing. He really is amazing. Come from the humble beginnings. He comes from Minneapolis. He, he wasn't brought on by Prince, but he did say some names in there. He dropped some names of people that really helped him along the way. And he deserves it because when it comes to writing and producing, them jams that he wrote and produced, classics. Forever living classics, man.
Y'all stick around. I'm coming right back with this week's Killer Said My Rant. Hold on. What up, y'all? It's Zed Love, and I'm back with another episode of Killer Said. First and foremost, I want to start off with somebody that I love and respect and admire, but I still want to give him this. Come on, son. Anthony Davis from the Los Angeles Lakers. Brother, I was a little upset when you left the fucking Pelicans and you went to the Lakers, but now I understand it. Because you won a pandemic championship. Your very first championship. And congratulations on your championship, Anthony Davis. But come on, son. The reason why you get one of them, bro, is because you just signed with the Lakers for $190 million over five years. Max deal. That's $38 million a year or so. Bro, come on, side. Don't you think it's time to cut the unibrow off, bro? Like, you can afford one of the best barbers in the business, man. You can have a dude that rolls around with you, okay? And all his job is is to make sure there's no hair right here between your eyebrows. It's time to let the, the unibrow go, bro. Come on, side. I don't want to look at my video games and see you playing with a unibrow, bro. It's not attractive, Anthony Davis. You got a lot of money. But come on, son. And speaking of come on, sons, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Come on, son. What do you do running around with that young boy from the Minnesota Timberwolves? You're 46 years old. You damn near got kids just the same age as he is, and you know he married. Come on, son. And you, son, Beasley, you stupid, dog. You dumb. You 24. You can get broads. You just signed a new $40 million deal, son. What do you want with Lawrence Pippen or whatever her name is? What do you want with her, bro? Come on, son. I hope you get worms for fucking with that chick, man. I really do, man. Come on, son. And I also want to say a big come on, son, to the producers of Jeopardy. Come on, son. I love Jeopardy. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek, the best that ever did it. But come on, son. Why y'all don't want LeVar Burton on here, son? Why you taking so long to come find another host? In this day and age, it would serve you well to put a brother up in there. LeVar Burton was not only Kuta Kinte, come on, son, but he did the reading rainbow. A lot of kids out here learn how to read because of LeVar Burton, and we respect LeVar Burton. So come on, son. Put LeVar Burton in as the new host of Geopark, Jeopardy and we will all be happy. Black Lives Matter. Come on, son. LeVar Burton. And speaking of Black Lives Matter in the NFL, come on, son. Y'all ain't, ain't nothing changed with y'all, man. There's nothing changed. If we ain't got no more black general managers and black head coaches, every time we turn around, you hiring some white dude like the New York Giants head coach who has no fucking experience, but they could be a black man right there that might have lost his job as a head coach before, but now he's got to be an assistant and stay there, and you're going to go hire somebody who was the fucking special teams coordinator, not even a coach, as a head coach? Come on, son. Chicago Bears? Come on, son. Mitch Trubisky? And you passed over Patrick Mahomes and them? When is the last time Chicago Bears or the fucking New York Giants, which is my team, had a black star quarterback? Come on, son. The NFL ain't changed, man. That hasn't changed. There's no general managers, not enough head coaches. This shit is bullshit. And y'all act like Roger Goodell going to sit there and talk about what you're going to do 
to, to, to uh, put black people in better positions of power? How about some training? How about they could get trained? How about somebody's son is not taking up a position because there's somebody's son and they're getting a head coaching job? How about you bring in minorities and train them for what they need to know to become head coaches and general managers? Until then, come on, son. The fuck out of here with that fucking bullshit. All right? Because it is straight bullshit. And speaking of bullshit, come on, son. It goes out to rappers that commit crimes. There has been two indictments. One of my man G. Erbo, who I love, and one is casting over two times, who I love also. Brothers, I hope and pray that you are not guilty of the crimes that the federal authorities are placing on your heads. But you got to be careful, son. Don't get involved with shit. Do you understand it's a pandemic in 2020? This whole year has been one fucking big pandemic. And the feds ain't got shit else to do but to fuck with you. Yeah, I understand. There's plenty of white people running around doing illegal shit. But guess who they're going to look towards? Come on, son. You're a rapper, and they're going to fuck with you. So please be not guilty, because we don't need no more rappers in jail. And please stay the fuck out of the way of the feds. Come on, son. They have a 99% conviction rate. And if they don't convict you, they are going to ruin you in the music business. Look what they fucking did to Gotti and Murder, Inc. Ruined them in the music business, man. Blackballed them out of the music business. There's no reason why Irv Gotti should not be sitting at the head of some label right now with his track record. But, come on, son. The feds. They just keep fucking with them. They threaten everybody not to get that man another position. That's some dumb shit. And last but not least, come on, son, goes out to a dude that I've known for probably 30 years, Will Smith. I have to do it, Will. And I love you. You know you my man, 50 grand, Charlie Mack. You know you my man, but come on, son. Bro, I hope you wrote Miss Hubert a check, or Hubert, Janet Hubert, the first on vet. I sincerely hope you wrote her a check, bro, because that apology... Come on, son. That ain't enough. That ain't enough. Because once you pegged her as a difficult black woman, her career got fucked up behind it, bro. Because everybody believed you, and all the producers that was over there in your hit television show, including Benny Medina and everybody else, Quincy Jones and all of them, backed you 100%, and she got blackballed. So I hope, along with that apology, come on, son, went a fat-ass check because that's what she deserves. A big fat check for all the fucking years that she suffered at your hands, Mr. Smith. And you my dude, but I'm gonna call right and right and I'm gonna call wrong, wrong. In that case, bro, you fucked that lady's career up and your career whew, took the fuck off. To the point at one point you was making 20, 25 million dollars a flick. And that's a lot of flicks. So you owe that lady, come on son, some dough. Just my opinion. I'm Ed Lover. This is Come On, Son. And I approve this message. I'm out. Come on, son, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son.
This episode of Come On Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.